0: Stephen Pritchard, another big program on the way from you, sir, this afternoon. Good, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, mate. Right. And what, what are
0: we talking about today?
1: Um, today we're going to talk about um, teaching children some financial skills.
0: That's not a bad place to start because you get those habits in nice and young and then you've got them reinforced when they actually get older and need to use them.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, one of the things that seem to be missing these days, I remember when I was a kid, the, the, the Commonwealth Bank used to come along to the... You remember that too? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I do, I do. And they used to collect you know, 20 cents a week or something.
0: <laughs> it was a little bit more than 20 cents a week, I've got to say, by the time well, I got it, there. You but, know, but yeah, you you got, got some... Went into a bank, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and now I don't think they come out anymore.
0: I think, as always, we need to start by having a look at some of the currency and commodity information.
1: Um... Yeah, we'll start with currencies and commodities. We'll start with the gold price this week. And the gold price was was, uh, down $7.16 to $697 an ounce. Uh, The copper price was down $101.43 a tonne to $8,967 a tonne. And the crude oil price, the brink crude oil price, was uh, $83.24, which is down $0.24 a barrel. And the currency, the currency was a bit of a mixed bag this week. Um, We're down against the US dollar again by uh, approximately 82 cents to 77.63 US dollars. Against the Great British Pound, we're up against, um, because there's some concern in the UK about the... Uh, the exit from the Brexit zone again. Um, so that, that's been going on for so long oh, now, hasn't it? Go on. I just don't know why the UK just just says just, just still we're exiting. We're not negotiating anything.
0: Do you think? Do you think there's a chance that it might not even happen? They might go back
1: on it. Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> I would have. Thought, I would have thought that's going to be good for the US, the UK economy. Mm. Um, and the commentators now seem to be turning around on that as well, which is interesting. Um, so, yeah, so we, one Australian dollar will buy you 56.45 pence. Uh, the, do, the New Zealand dollar, uh, one A dollar will buy you seven New Zealand. And the euro, uh, pretty much the one Australian dollar was 63.67 euro cents.
0: Very good.
1: And just remember, when you go out to buy your exchange of currency, these are wholesale rates and you need to shop around. And if a perfect example is that is in Beaumont Street. You go down the street and you'll find remarkably large differences between the the four majors and the few other minor institutions that will swap currencies there.
0: Which is, in a way, it's kind of good that most of these places are generally re- kind of within close proximity yeah, to each other, percent. so you don't have to sort of travel yeah, across town but, to get a better rate. But
1: just don't, just don't go in and, and swap the rate. And the other thing to fall, don't fall for is the no commission. What you need to do is you need to go in and say, um, I've got 10000 a, A, A dollars and I want to buy US dollars. How many will I get? Mm. Um, the, the, the end product. How much am I product. actually going to get? Don't off worry off. about the commission. Don't worry about the fees. It's really the spread that makes the most of the difference. And just how much will I get? And that's what you need to find out.
0: That's some good advice there. And let's move on to the commodities there. Uh,
1: commodities,
0: uh, equity indexes.
1: Eh? Okay. Equities. Okay. So the equity markets, um, the all-ordinaries index um, was pretty much steady, back above 6,000. Closed yesterday at 6,076. The S&P 500 was also steady at 2,713. And the Hang Seng Index was steady as well at 30,844. Um, some, uh, A couple of stocks that local investors tend to like is... Uh, BHP was was down six cents in the week to thirty dollars fourteen. Um, CBA was uh, up one point five percent to seventy six dollars and twenty two, and NIB was down six to, uh, was down uh, fifteen cents to six dollars ninety three, um, and Telstra continues its drift down to three dollars and thirty one. Mm. Mm, things aren 't getting too much better for Telstra though poor Telstra um, the fuel price around newcastle a dollar forty two point seven in Newcastle, which is up another five cents on the week and a dollar forty one 41 in Sydney, which is up five and a half cents on the week um, the diesel price in newcastle dollar thirty seven which is pretty much the same as last week, and a dollar thirty eight so, the fuel prices already started to run up. We're still on a long way to Easter. That's it's, usually Jane's prediction, that it's it runs up before oh, the holidays. That's
0: where the safe money would be anyway, yeah. I mean, around Easter time. So, uh, so we... we must be six weeks,
1: six weeks to
0: Easter. Oh, it's too, it's too late in the day to think on that.
1: Too
0: late in the day. Yeah. Yet, uh, yet, already Easter eggs are out. That's where my mind is at the moment. Oh,
1: they were out after Christmas. <laughs>
0: they were Christmas days over
1: Cole, the i always had um, <laughs> um, hot cross buns out on Boxing Day.
0: Oh, dear. Get those with your Australia Day merchandise all uh, the same day. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay.
2: Hi guys, how are you?
1: Good, Henry. Good. That's Good. I saw you on television one day during the week.
2: Oh, did you? Unlucky. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> with 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 some young lady too.
2: With some young lady? Yeah. Oh that's probably um yeah, the remember. host Ingrid or Nadine. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. Well, you know,
1: they couldn't compete with you, Henry. Oh, they can big no, time so, <laughs> so what's happening down at Caltex they've decided they're going to get rid of all their franchisees now
2: um, yeah I mean franchisees seem to be a bit of a um, bit of a dirty word at the moment we've had some, uh, some issues with Domino's we've had some issues with that retail food group as well with Crust and uh, Brumbies and all those that group and the, um, and the Michaels and all that Gloria Jeans so um, Caltex are going to take over uh, the running uh, of their um, franchisee um, retail outlets and the petrol stations um, I think they're going to complete it by 2020 and it's going to cost them 100 to 120 million to buy them back and move them in house I guess that is uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen of franchises, very few of these actually make much money. I mean, by the time the franchise fees are taken out and the goods are sold yeah. to you, there's nothing really left.
2: Well, that, that's the problem. You've you, you got to, you know, you've you bought a business and you've put in a, an extra layer of management, effectively someone sponging off you at the top, who's, you know, obviously for the, for the guy that's created the franchise, um, it's a great way for them to expand and to... Uh,
0: You mentioned at the moment that uh, Caltex were doing quite well. Do you think this is maybe a chance for them to get in on some great PR by also buying back the franchisees while they got the cash around?
2: Um, I, I think, you know, I've been reviewing this for a little while. It's a two year review. Um, and I think, it's, you know, it's been sparked by some of these. Um the Morning Herald or the Newcastle Times um, so um, yeah but it, it's, it's happening and it's, I guess it's a, it's a good move and it does take away some of that risk that franchisees do the wrong thing pay the wrong thing and uh, abuse their workers which we've seen in some of the other instances
1: yes now, one of the other stocks that is going quite well for, for different reasons is Costa Group they've upgraded their guidance
2: love Costa Group yes sort I of, uh, smashing it they avocados Costa Group are a smart bunch of guys they are very smart, this is uh, the company that when you go into Woolies and you buy your Driscoll's berries and your avocados, chances are that's uh, Costa Group's avocados you're buying and of course with the 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 millennial uh, focus on your smashed avocado and your poached egg on sourdough uh, in the mornings, they're doing very, very well and what they the key to their success, apart from the fact they're good operators, is they did a deal with
1: that's gone up from two dollars to six or seven
2: yeah it's been, it's been one of those real fantastic floats to get in um and yeah a lot of people want to play the agricultural story and it, it's very hard to uh, to get decent exposure and you know the, the asx agri space has been littered with uh, mm, disaster. um, disasters you know select harvest and uh, various other murray river organics and you know it's it's great to ride the coattails of the great chinese uh, middle class expansion and, and that sort of thing but uh Few have succeeded, but Costa Group is one of those that has really done very, very well, quality operation.
1: And uh, Luca, at the other end of the, the economy, the mineral sands producer, uh, yeah. it's had strong sales and increased um, its debt repayment.
2: Um, yeah, no, yeah, they had some... I mean, luckily, we've come to the end of reporting season because it it's, it's torrid, I have to say, that you get absolutely swamped and there's an avalanche of these reports. Um, Aluka was one of the better ones. Um, they uh, increased revenue by around 40 percent odd to uh, to nearly a billion dollars, um, and um, that was good. And they paid down a lot of debt, and they also issued, which is far more important from the numbers which look backwards, is the outlook looking forwards. Uh, and they were talking about positive pricing, you know, good supply, demand, dynamics, all the right words. Um, and it, it's, been, uh, it's been a good, good success story. So uh, they seem to be improving uh, production. They've got a thing called uh, the Sierra Rutile in Sierra Leone, uh, which they bought back in, I think it was 2016. Um, and they're, they're doing pretty well on this one. So uh, it, it's been, the share price has been going very well. Um, so um, you know, it's one of the ones that has has done well in this reporting season.
1: And uh, the super sleuths at the Financial Review have discovered that the CEO of uh, Dominoes doesn't have one margin; only has five.
2: Yeah, I don't know why you have five. There's um, there's a, there's a guy a that money. writes. Uh, there's a guy that writes for uh, the Fin Review, Joe Aston, who seems to have uh, got a personal. Said against the Don at uh, Domino's, um, and he has uh, been hot on his trail of these five margin loan accounts that he has now. You know, you can understand one, two, maybe even three. You know, you have different providers and maybe different different kind of things for different providers but you start to smell a bit of a rat when you get five um, the Domino's share price has been under pressure the results were very suboptimal to say the least uh, they were having to uh, the don was on TV assuring everybody that he would uh, he loves the company the company's going great guns um, and he you know he's got great confidence in the future and, and they're going to punch the lights out in the second half which seems unlikely um, at the same time then uh, he's allowed uh, to sell some shares during a window and he's selling shares now that's all well and good but Domino's as well is conducting a share buyback so on one hand the company's buying shares the guy in charge is telling everyone else to buy shares but then he's the one selling the shares Now, no, conf-
0: no conflict at all
2: None. there's no conflict <laughs> of interest there at all is there so it's all a bit sniffy um, the share price is not doing particularly well they've got to really go bananas in the second half Um, to uh, achieve the growth numbers. And, you know, for for a long time, Domino's was seen as this tech stock, and you and I have talked about this before, that they're not a tech stock. They just deliver mediocre pizza, let's face it. Um, And, um, you know, the share price has just been going on this slippery slope. No matter how much you dress it up with drones and, you know, electric bikes and technology Mm. and apps Mm. and whatever, at the end of the day, you're just ordering a six-buck pizza.
1: And the kids are already tired of those... Tracking yeah. and next up, uh, Stephen. You want to talk to Henry about Harvey Norman? Yeah, um, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's always entertaining. He came out one day this week and said, "You should sell your house and sell your house yeah. and buy Harvey Norman shares, and in, in five years you'll have five houses."
2: Yeah, well, good luck with that. Um, you know what? Um, I was on Sky yesterday when Jerry was being interviewed, and he's uh, it, just, you know, I I find it hard to get my head around. Um, the the whole thing the, the problem he had uh, a couple of years ago he, he wisely invested in the dairy industry now why you would want to invest in cattle and dairy um, I don't know through your Harvey Norman vehicle which sells sofas and machines and hi fis etc but instead of investing his own money he used shareholders funds to invest in this and it has gone wrong it has not made any money it's been writing off losses They had a 20 million dollar write-off uh, in the figures yesterday uh, and also now they're in a legal discussion with their jv partner so it's not a great look and at the time uh, many uh, market commentators were somewhat uh, bemused and concerned about the uh, the move So -hmm. all that good work that jerry has been doing with uh, fighting off the Amazon invasion has gone to naught with the dairy um, thing. Um, I think um, there were some good headlines about spilt milk and cows Mm -hmm. coming home and all this Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Analysts and and journalists love a good uh, play on words, don't they? Don't we, I should probably say.
1: So so you don't think we should sell our house to buy Harvey Norman shares at the moment? No, No,
2: I don't think you should. Uh, you know, Jerry's very keen on the fact that he's got three billion dollars worth of property, which it, which he, you know, yeah. that's, that's that They have it is basically a pre, pretty much a property company un, underpinned uh, by the retail thing, but still very well. But who would you sell all that property to? Mm. Right. Who's going to take over all? The, who's going to buy those stores? Um, you just have to sell them and lease them back, and that would change the whole dynamic of the company. So uh, you know, it's a, it's a big asset and it underpins you going to sell them to? Yeah. Not that many buyers of Harvey Norman stores out there, I would imagine. No, that's
1: right. And uh, Ramsey Health oh. flag, a, a restructure of its French connection. Oh, no surprise there to me.
2: Kill yeah. I mean, we've, we've been talking, uh, I think, about Ramsey and uh, the, the issues that they've had with... See, they've got exposure, um, not only in Australia, but they've got exposure to the wonderful NHS system in the UK and the wonderful French system and they kept saying they were on top of it and Macron was going to be great for them and now they've come out and announced they're going to have to restructure the whole business, take a big uh, 40 odd million uh, euro charge, restructuring the business and consolidating it and stuffing it around and paying management consultants to tell them that they're in trouble and and the the, the basic problem with with Ramsey, you know it's a private health operator in France, one of the largest but governments around the world are trying to, to pin help
1: sure nanny b's announced a good result and talked about a possible buyer for specialty
2: yeah the um crazy. nanny b i got into trouble yesterday because we were talking about nanny b on tv and uh, i called them a daggy brand um and um, uh, you know they, they've done very well they, they know their market they're kind of that niche player um in in the market in the ladies market um and they're not they're not cutting edge they're not H&M they're not Zara they're not you know they they know their stuff they've done pretty well out of their stuff but the problem that the shares have um, is they kind of trade by appointment only it's a very small capped company and the liquidity is appalling so as an example today there's 4879 shares traded all day and that was in one line so um, and the spread between the buyers and the sellers is um 11 cents so if somebody wanted to sell uh in a hurry um you could knock the share price down quite considerably so um that that's one of the issues but they undoubtedly have done a good job online sales going pretty well they started to pay a dividend again last year they pay another dividend so so things are looking up. but it, you know you can do well in retail but you've just got to be that niche player we've seen it with smiggle we've seen it with things like look visa uh and we're seeing it with noni b but um uh, generally retail is still a hard game to play and ask jerry about that he knows all about that that milking cows
0: see i've got to say henry you do know your, your niche markets you can actually call a brand daggy even if it's clothing because i can remember about six months ago you talking about it was a seven hundred dollar pair of shoes from memory
2: um yeah yeah. i I bought some yeah i did i bought some churches which are supposed to last a lifetime and because they're so uncomfortable they probably will they weren't they were they're usually 700 dollars i think i paid 235 quid which is about 400 bucks
0: that's still a a pretty uh dear pair of scuffs but never mind
2: i know i know but the, the churches are business shoes that will last you beyond the grave i'll be able Unworn, no doubt. Unworn. Well, yeah. I don't. I must admit, okay. I don't wear um, black business shoes as much as I used to. Very little one,
1: and and talking about milking the cows, um, yep. Beiger seems to be doing something right at the moment. First half profit up thirty percent.
2: Yeah, biggest doing all right. I mean, they've, they've done a number of acquisitions, which helps. Um, that kind of helps the uh, the numbers go up. So, um, yeah, it's a good result. We've had, you know, generally the market has had a pretty good results season. I have to say, um, one of the things that I think has been interesting of in this result season is we're seeing a lot more CEOs um talking about confidence um, it 's been uh, a while since we've seen that usually the uh, the mantra has been challenging mm-hmm. the, the word challenging gets brought up an awful lot uh, in the outlook statement so it has done in the last few years but this time we 're seeing the word confident uh, being brought up far more and there does seem to be a Um, the industrials have really come through for us this uh, reporting season so hats off to them well done guys
1: thanks henry and we'll be back next week and if they want some stories in the meantime how can we get that
2: um you can go to uh, markus.today.com.au. you can sign up for a free trial for a couple of weeks and then uh, uh, the lovely nicky will pass you to take up a full subscription but uh, you yeah, know it's been going pretty well so far so
0: as always, Henry Jennings with some great stories in the marketplace and men's fashion, Stephen, as well, with those shoes. I'm not going to, every time I'm on this program, I'm going to bring it up. But, every I, time. but
1: I have to buy Aaron Williams boots, but since H, LVH has taken them over, the price has almost doubled.
0: Stephen, it looks like we've got a, a caller at the moment. Good afternoon, Jackie. You've got a question for uh, Stephen this afternoon.
3: Yes, I have. Um, hello, Stephen. Hi, Jackie. Yeah, um, I'm ringing up regarding the uh, legislation that was passed on the 14th of February in the Parliament um, to do with the bail-in legislation. And the other part of the question is, what would we be, with the people of Australia, be safer under the Glass Steagall?
1: Why? Why, uh, why would you be concerned with any of this?
3: Why would I be
1: concerned with a bail-in? Yes.
3: Well, uh, back when Howard was in, he allowed... He he stated that any money that was taken to hold up... Like, to prop up a bank would be covered by the government. With the bail-in, I understand... No? No,
1: no, that's not right. Back... And and it wasn't Howard. It was... was, um, Kevin Rudd? Kevin Rudd. Kevin Rudd's government in the GFC issued a guarantee on bank deposits in Australia for up to a million dollars. So right. if you depo- deposited a million dollars with a bank, it was effectively guaranteed by the federal government. Sub- right. Subsequently, that legislation was changed. There's a, government, there's a guarantee um, up to $250,000 on an individual's deposits with a licensed Australian deposit-taking institution. So the bail-in legislation doesn't affect depositors. It affects people who hold uh, bank bonds, um, hybrid securities, and other things, but not depositors. Right. Okay. So so unless unless you're holding some of those other securities, which the most likely one a retail investor would be holding would be hybrid securities, um, the bailing legislation won't have any effect in any event, generally in the newest generation of hybrid securities that have been around for a couple of years, those bailing provisions are already incorporated in the terms of issue. Now, all that the the Glass-Steagall Act does in the US, which has been repealed in any event, was it separated a bank's investment banking activities from its commercial from its commercial banking business. And that's never applied in Australia. Um,
3: Didn't we have Commercial.
1: Uh, like we had a commercial bank and we had the Commonwealth Bank, but I thought both of those. Well, the com- the Commonwealth. The com- going back in time, the Commonwealth Bank was government-owned. Other than that, it was no different yeah. to any of the other commercial but banks.
3: I, I thought banks had um, two sections: one for businesses and one for yeah you know, people. Personal deposits.
1: No, well, I mean, going back a long time ago, there was this thing called a savings bank. But, but, yeah. but, but the Glass-Steagall Act never separated that. It has separated their investment banking activities from their commercial banking activities. And commercial right. banking activities would include savings banks. So I don't right. know where you're getting this stuff from, but, but I think, you know, whoever's spreading this rumour needs to go and check their facts.
0: OK. OK. Roger. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. That's right, Jackie, thankfully, we were able to clear up at least a little bit of that for you, Stephen. It can get very tricky from time to time, very murky, uh,
1: People it? hear things and they don't understand it and they don't bother to check. And this is how all sorts of rumours and panics
0: get started. And, and I guess as well, we need uh, the, the right experts to give us uh, the right information. So,
1: so in simple terms, if mm. you deposit $250,000 with an ADI... Mm-hmm. You you are covered by the Commonwealth Guarantee subject to some limits that are imposed.
0: Yeah, and this is the one that uh, was, uh, when the GFC hit, it was was a million million dollars. It's been rolled back to 250000
1: So if you want to be ultra safe, what you need to do is go around and deposit (laughs) (laughs) $250,000 in each institution, and then you'll get the benefit of the guarantee on those individual deposits, as distinct from paying depositing a million in one institution where you only get covered for two
0: for a quarter of it. So all I need now is my first two hundred fifty thousand, and then- <laughs> I've got clients who do that. Got yeah. For
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and
1: and like you said, if the banks are close together, I mean, that's not
0: that. Expand just a little bit more on the banks and the the guarantee that we, we mentioned during the break.
1: Yeah, there isn't isn't an um, an overall cap on the guaranteed amount. So so if you you want to be super safe, you really need to go and have a look at the legislation and see what the cap applies and how it applies to each financial institution that that you're you're going to propose to make the deposit to.
0: And as always, uh, make sure you get uh, Uh, some proper financial advice, particularly if you're making decisions of that nature.
1: Yeah, but still, you're better off putting a a 250 in uh, a range of institutions than a million in one if you were... Just want to be super safe.
0: Fair enough. No dramas with that. Okay. Good afternoon, Helen. You're on the phone with Stephen Pritchard, and you've got a question about the stock market. Yeah, I have.
3: Thanks, Stephen. Um, I don't understand shares or anything like that. But my son bought uh, ninety-four thousand shares in Viralytics, which oh. cost him approximately six thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. The ninety-four thousand shares, he was um, something happened, and he wasn't. Allowed to keep his ninety four thousand shares, um, they reduced that to nine thousand four hundred shares. Yes. Now an American company has bought Viralytics at a dollar seventy five a share, and apparently there's a vote happening. And if the vote says they've got to sell, then he has to sell his shares. So he invested for the long term to try and make some money.
1: But because he's only a little person, you know, it looks like this company's now going to buy all the shares and the little person can't make money. Well, no, that's right. I mean, he, he, they probably did a consol... I mean, how much did he pay for the 94,000 shares? 6,000-something. So he paid $6,000. And when they would have done the share consolidation, um, they, they, they would have effectively cancelled some of the shares, but the value would have gone up. So when, he, when they cancelled, reduced the number, 94,000 shares down to 6,000 shares, I think you said. Um, 9,400, no, yeah. 9,400, you still would have had $6,000 worth of shares. Right. All, all they basically did was tidy up the share register, reduce the number of shares, and the value of each one goes up.
3: Okay. okay.
1: So now you've got a takeover offer at $1.70. Um, yep and I'm a shareholder in Viralytics as well. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, I and mean, I've been thinking about this, I'm just wondering if a large US company wants to buy it at this price, um, is it possible that we're, we're selling too cheap? I mean, the company's starting stage three trials. If the stage three trials are successful, um, that stock will no doubt be worth a lot more than $1.70. Um, yeah, that's right. But if they're not successful, you might find it drops back down to 50 cents.
3: Yeah, that's right. But that's the gamble you take with uh, shares. And if, if
1: so all you can do yes. is vote the way you want when uh, when the scheme of arrangement documents come out.
0: So great advice there. It is a whole. Uh, it is what it is, Stephen. We've run out of time for Thursday Finance today. Yes, yeah. mate. Yes, yeah, we uh, have. Yep, we interesting have. Interesting calls. Absolutely, that's a great course, And thank you for all of those. We will get to uh, teaching children financial skills. A great topic, but Stephen, will cover that next week.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle.